Because it's getting ready to be on. Welcome, gangsters. I love hip-hop, Rick. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I have a high moral standard. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out, world. I think it is time you demonstrated the full power of this station. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning to you and welcome to Benson and Those Guys. The program is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports, it's sports programming with faith. I'm here with the guys, Darren and Zach. You can find out more about us on our website, btgprogram.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. Former Syracuse University quarterback and Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb, Got a DUI in Arizona last month. His excuse, though, to the police, this, by the way, is the second DUI arrest for McNabb in 18 months, was that he was suffering from a cold and taking cold medicine. His legal, his blood alcohol level was more than twice the legal limit. <laughs> now, if you're going to rely on the taking the cold medicine excuse, that's an awful lot of cold medicine. Did he, did he drink the entire aisle of it? You must have been in it pretty deep. <laughs> That's an awful excuse. That'd be like the, that scene from Hitch where uh, he just drinks a whole bottle of Benadryl and gets stoned out of his mind. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't... I'm not trying to make light of, of a DUI situation, but... I'm making light of his stupid excuse. That's what I'm making light of. Come on. When you're twice the legal limit with your blood alcohol level no one's buying it donovan try again yeah the police aren't aren't buying that one that's as bad as the patriots the, the guy calling himself the deflator saying it's because he was losing weight yeah it is <laughs> it is on par with that it, it's that ridiculous yep. yeah a georgia receiver malcolm mitchell for the university of georgia bulldogs admits he was not he wasn't a reader when he first got to school 2011 but you. mitchell has discovered the love of reading no. by joining a women's book club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet he found the love of reading there. Well, now he did, and the, this is a this is a good story. He ends up he's written a book. It's going to be published next month. It's called The Magician's Hat, and it's about a magician named David, nerd, whose power is through books. Now he met a, a gal. I, I don't know how this came about. But he has an encounter with a woman in Barnes and Nobles in Georgia. I bet you she was real ugly. See, that's, that's, I, I, I don't that's sarcasm. know. sarcasm. I yeah, guarantee I'm, you I'm, she was not. I'm guessing that she said, well, I'm part of a book club. It's, you know, the only thing is it's a woman's book club. And my man got in on that. Now, good for him. Good for <laughs> him for game. doing that. <laughs> but I'm guessing this is an attractive woman. Now, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not being fair to Malcolm Mitchell, but no, you're being when fair. he got into that book club, though, he discovered that he loves reading, and so much so that now he's writing a children's book. He said, it's always something that I've wanted to be something more than just your average football player. He's watched documentaries about Warren Buffett and Steve Jobs, and the core of their success always had something to do 
with reading. That's when I realized I needed to become a better reader. Malcolm Mitchell, a author now of children's books and a receiver for the University of Georgia. I think these polls are from Emory University, but there was a couple of interesting polls released. One is the 2014, based on last year's NFL season, NFL fan equity. What that is is fans that who were willing to spend money on their team. Now, that may be on uh, concessions. That may be on, on buying merchandise. It's, it may be on uh, tickets. The number one team in fan equity. Give a, got a guess? Cowboys. That's exactly right. The Buffalo Bills, way down the list at 28. Not surprised. No. The Cowboys are probably, I, I, I have no statistics to back this up, but I'm sure they're probably towards the top of merchandise in the league, oh, one yeah. would think. You well, see Cowboys stuff everywhere. Patriots were number two. Jets, three. Well, that's that one surprised surprising. me. Yeah. Where were the Redskins? I'm, I'm, I'm actually. The curious. Redskins were 20th. Really? Because they, what did they make? 2.4 billion according to like the latest poll from last year. They were 10th highest in all of sports. They were right behind the Arizona Cardinals in the fan equity. Now there was also released the same poll, 2014 NFL social media equity. Those fans that were most involved via social media, the teams, the fans, maybe they either monitoring hashtags. I don't know what they're monitoring. Give a guess number one there. Patriots. No, they were three. The Bills? No, the Bills were 19th. Man, they get no Seahawks? We're just going to keep guessing. This is great radio. Let's just keep going until we get it. Pittsburgh is number one, but now that you mentioned Seattle, and I'm trying to find them on the list. They're they're 18th. They're actually just ahead of the Buffalo Bills and just ahead of the New York Giants. Number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two, the Dallas Cowboys. Number three, New England Patriots. The bottom of the barrel was Carolina, St. Louis, and Arizona. And the third poll released was, this one was most fun to me, NFL bandwagon fans. That's got to be Arizona all day, number one. How did you get that? Because you're an idiot. And yet you knew that. It just no one actually lives in Arizona. Everyone that's in Arizona kind of like moved there, kind of like Florida. I'm shocked you knew that. Yes, Arizona is number one (laughs) NFL bandwagon fan. Number two was somewhat surprising to me: the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I could see that. Is that fans jumping off the bandwagon when they traded Jimmy Graham? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's actually the, the. they pick up the most bandwagon. You know, when they're winning, mm-hmm. they have their fans. And when they're losing, the you stadiums know, are empty and you don't, and, and there's no fans around. That might change this year because the Bills are going to be good. And the all Bills are number sudden, three on this bandwagon. Oh, I believe it. I totally believe it. You know what, though? The Bills are going to climb on that list of people spending money on their teams because with all the players that they've brought in, for Rex Ryan for this season, their jersey sales are probably going to go through the roof. Think about it, though. When, when the Bills win a couple games in a row, you realize how many like Bills hats and T-shirts I see, and I wear my Bills hat, yeah, go Bills, and then they turn back into the normal Buffalo Bills we all know and love, and no one comments on my hat anymore. So, I Coming up it. later in the program, we're going to talk about the ESPY Awards. We're going to talk about uh, we're at the halfway point. Baseball, the home run derby just happened. We're also going to talk about Buffalo Sabres Ryan O'Reilly. And the problem at Florida State University. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions.
title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. The 2015 National Beep Baseball Association World Series is being played in Rochester, New York, Sunday, July 26th, through Saturday, August 1st, the Grayson True Sports Park in Hilton. There are teams, this is a big deal. Beep Baseball is baseball for blind people. You know, don't think this isn't a real deal. Teams come from all over the world. There's two Taiwanese teams. There's a Canadian team all over the United States, Atlanta, New Jersey, Boston, Chicago. If there's a team from Boston I can heckle, I'm there. I don't know if heckling is really what they're looking for. You want to heckle blind but it people. Is, this is going to be a big deal. I want to invite people to come on down to the Grace and True Sports Park. Game times are 9 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 2.30 p.m. In fact, if you want to volunteer to help out, um, you can go to their website, nbba.org, and we want to invite you to come on out. Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton, July 26th through August 1st, and it is a big deal. This isn't easy, No, what they're doing. They had a promotional night at Frontier Field. Darren, you tried it. It was incredibly hard. I made a fool of myself. Uh, what these guys can do without being able to see is absolutely incredible. You should come check it out. The 2015 Beat Baseball World Series, right here in Rochester, New York. Come on out and show your support. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. Show is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter at btgprogram.com. Darren is currently flashing me <laughs> from the other side of the studio. He's got his shirt pulled all the way up around his neck. We have full frontal nudity in the studio. <laughs> Not the first Inappropriate. Time you have to be 18 or older to listen to this radio <laughs> program, apparently. What makes you think I want to see your bare chest? I think you did it to me last time. I'm just saying. We we can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills have placed offensive line coach Aaron Cromer on indefinite paid administrative leave, arrested this past weekend for allegedly punching a boy and threatening to kill the boy's family. This is an odd <laughs> what? story. And apparently this is over beach chairs. Hey, those things can get expensive. Beach chairs? He likes his stuff. I, I get it, but My Cromer said. how does beach chairs escalate into punching a boy? Now, the boy is 5'8", 140 pounds. I know the press is saying, boy, boy, boy. I'm not picturing a seven-year-old. You know, I, this is obviously, it's got to be a teenager, right? So he probably deserved it. Well, I don't know if he deserved it, but you got to check yourself, man. You are an NFL employee. And you're allowing beach chairs to get escalated into some sort of fight. And I guess what got weird is not so much even the the fight. 
But the threat afterwards that if the that if the young man told anybody, that's way too far. I mean, we've all wanted to kill his family. We've all wanted uh, to punch a teenager before, but threatening someone's family. But yeah, that was weird. Like that's the first thing that comes to your mind. I'm going to kill your family if you tell anyone. That makes it go from like a bad story to just a bizarre story. Like I get it if you know if the kids are I guess repeatedly taking lawn chairs off your property and using them, and you've talked to them about it before. Yeah, it's annoying, but call the police. Don't go over there and punch some kid and then threaten to kill his family. Uh, obviously, something happened. You, you stumble onto something there. It's It must not be the first time. Reports are that it's happened before, mm-hmm. and obviously you're a little frustrated. But now here's a guy that really should be uh, counting his blessings, I guess. He got let go from the Chicago Bears. He was He was the guy involved with Jay Cutler who... Uh, gave that, just threw Cutler under the bus to the media. And he still got another job. And got a job it. with the Buffalo Bills. And you haven't even been on the field for a regular season game yet. And now you're on administrative leave. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a correlation between football being such a violent game and so many seemingly violent crimes have being done by a lot oh, of sure. football these guys players. Are, these guys are amped up. These guys are um, They're nuts. in your in your face. They are these guys are right on the edge of snap, and they reward that. That's how you get big contracts by being this animal mm-hmm. that just you know eats people, if you will, in the NFL. Now this is a coach, but he's got that same intensity level that the players have. But you have to. Stop yourself in situations in life, and you have to realize, man, I can't let this get out of hand. I can't let a teenage boy, now, my understanding, it was dark. Maybe he didn't know how young these folks were, but, I mean, it seems as though he was on him punching the guy in the face. His son was involved. I think father of the year sort of went out the window. (laughs) You know, he's not getting that award. His son is... uh they're looking into pressing charges. Maybe they already have by the time this airs. Is you and holding them down while his dad punched them? Well, the family that fights together stays together. <laughs> this is this is troubling. If you're if you are an NFL coach, you are a father. You're a leader, and you're allowing your job to be jeopardized because of your reactions, not stopping to think. You think about the jobs that you guys do. If you just reacted and punched up, would you be? I'd would you my lose job. your job immediately? And I should. I work for the government. I just get a paid month off. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what we're seeing here is it's the same thing that we've been seeing so much recently with Ray Rice, with the guys at FSU, and, and, and other situations. Is when a situation's escalate, escalating and it's heated and you're angry, you have to know when to walk away and and remove yourself from the situation. And we're just seeing so many people now, including Eric Cromer, don't seem to know how or when to do that. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath. I'm guessing this this was not the situation. I mean, how often you think, well, that's just Old Testament, that's Bible, that's silly, you know, this was a real-life situation. But maybe maybe if you do try that, maybe if there's a soft answer rather than letting things get to this point. You've got to be looking down the line. You've got to be thinking, man, I don't want to lose my job. I don't, I don't want to go to jail. 
I don't want to be arrested for punching a minor. Uh, and then the, the big thing though, again, for me, which almost, this is why he wouldn't be working for me. Threat. The threat. Mm-hmm. That's weird. You tell anybody, I'm going to kill you. That's, I'm going to kill your family. That's the one I have the biggest problem with. And that's where I have a big issue. There's some sort of, man, that's weird. You start threatening people's families. And in this day and age, you need to take that seriously. Mm-hmm. You can't mess around with that. I remember a few years ago, there was a fight and somebody threatened. It was a recreational league sporting event. And somebody made some threats and said, I'm coming with my boys and, and really made some threat. It was, I can't remember word for word how it went, but the cops were immediately called. And I, I think that was the right move. Don't, somebody makes a threat. You got to take that seriously. And this guy's threatening kid and his family. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, you have to cut ties. Got to move on. Got to find somebody else. And like Zach, you said earlier, it's tough. The season is about to start. Guys have gotten jobs. Guys are in position looking at the season ahead. They've already done a lot of work to get to this point. It's hard to find a guy now. I mean, I'm sure they could, yeah, but it makes but, it much tougher. I mean, you've got a rookie offensive lineman who's going to be starting. You've got a couple of second-year offensive linemen, guys who really need to be coached up in this offense. And now halfway through their off-season preparation, you're, you're offensive line coach is maybe going to be in jail for child abuse. Is this really surprising, though, with all the positive vibes around the Bills this year and all the moves they made and Rex Ryan and blah, 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 and now you got this happen? This is just so Buffalo. It's not even surprising. Spoken like a true Bills fan, just waiting for that other shoe to drop. And it, it's happened early this year. The report says Cromer had been accused of pushing one of the boys to the ground, punching him in the face, and then throwing their fishing pole into the water. <laughs> That'll show them. Uh, that, that's kind of That is kind of okay. funny. Humorous, very mature. Cromer, he allegedly then ordered that the chairs be returned to where they were found, told the boy that he would kill his family if he reported him to the police. You know, thinking about it, though, he's an offensive line coach. If the Bills just parted ways right now, it's you're not talking about your offensive coordinator. You're talking about an offensive line coach. Probably more easily replaced. I'm not saying it's it's not minimizing the position, I guess. What I'm saying is it's probably more easily to be replaced in thinking about it now. I think I think the Bills have no choice. None. But whatsoever. to separate themselves from that. Because that's that's crazy. You that guy needs to get some help when you make a threat like that. You you, you need to get some counseling. Get some help. Maybe come back down the line and get another job somewhere. But yeah. this one's gotta be the end of the line. Yeah. Let's change directions here a little bit and talk to you. The Major League Baseball All-Star game came and went. I really didn't get to see much of the game, and I saw none of the Home Run Derby. It was awesome. It was the best derby I've ever seen. I'm sort of, I, I'm sort of bothered because I was not, after the Home Run Derby the last two years, uh, three years, man, I just, it wasn't appointment television for me. And now I'm kind of feeling like I missed out on something because everybody's telling me how great it was. I, I guess there's supposed to be a five-minute. Well, first of all, the best part of baseball is that there's no clock. But the best part of this home run derby was the clock. There's no specific outs. It was just you had a certain amount of time to hit as many home runs as you could. It was supposed to be five minutes, but because of the impending weather, blah, 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 they shortened it to four. Turns out that was the absolute perfect 
formula. I, I have never had more fun watching a home run derby. My problem with the derby up until this year has been that I never finished it. You know, it would start at 8 or 8.30, and it would go till 11, 12, whatever at night. It would take forever. And with the clock, you got... It was much more abbreviated, and also, um, I kept, I was thinking to myself in the last round when Todd Frazier won it and beat Jack Peterson, that had it been the standard format where you get the 10 outs or whatever, he would have been crushed. He would have only had like three or four because he hit a bunch of like fly balls before he actually got into his, his, um, zone and started hitting the home runs. So it, it really provided for a lot more drama, I thought. It still went two and a half hours, from my understanding. It still went quite a ways. I think they can cut that down probably a little bit more. But from my understanding, everybody that saw it said it was very exciting to have the clock. There were buzzer beaters. Mm-hmm. It was tremendous. Now, my one of the things that derails it a little for me from getting overly excited is none of my guys are in it. I don't know how they can change that where I wasn't particularly excited. I know Mike Trout was there. Prince Fielder was out. But... I wasn't really overly excited by the lineup of players, and maybe they infused a lot of the young guys in, and that was kind of cool, but none of my guys were there. The young guy that impressed me was Jack Peterson, man. He, like, alligator arm muscled the ball over the fence. Like, that was one of the most impressive home runs I think I've ever seen. That's just pure strength. And like, I loved the rule where you can't, see another pitch until the ball lands so if you pop up you got to wait you're, you're burning time Todd Frazier's yelling at his brother to throw the ball because he was busy watching where the balls were landing like guys competed I could see this changing the home run derby to a point where all the big names want to participate and the young guys that were in it like that's kind of what drew me so many years it's you know it's the older guys that have been around forever it's the Nelson Cruz's and the Albert Pujols or whatever and this year you had 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, you know, and and it was guys they, that... These are guys that about. had not been established yet in the game. I mean, yeah, I, I know they're up-and-coming guys. I know people know who they are, but they're not established names in the game, and that's that's who I think you want to see. I, I'm speaking for myself, but um, in, in the day since, there's been a ton of publicity about how exciting it was, and the All-Star game itself um, kind of by comparison, was not nearly as entertaining as was the home run derby, although the inning pitched by Jacob deGrom was electric. Wow. I saw saw really two innings. Because of work, I didn't see much of it. I was dog-tired. I came home, had a bowl of cereal, watched a couple innings of the game. I saw Kershaw struggle, and then I saw deGrom just blow people away. (laughs) Now, he's obviously amped up. He's showing off his stuff. He came in there with... I've got to show some people some things, but he did. Ten pitches, wow. He was electric, and Kershaw surprised me because he wasn't even facing any Cardinals. Now, here's (laughs) something that came out of that, though. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred shares his vision. You know, there's always the all-star game. uh, uh, The the commissioner gives a little bit of where he's at. and He's talking about he could see expansion happening. No. For Major League and Baseball. the worst idea ever. I still, because we're not all that far away from when they were talking just five or six years ago from contracting, and there were some teams on the bubble, are we at risk? The Minnesota Twins were one of those teams that could we lose our team due to contraction? And just a few years later, you're talking about expanding? 
I'm never a fan of expanding a league, and and I'm and I don't. This isn't fairness to some of those cities. I understand there are populations that they want a team, and I suppose maybe they deserve a team. But you got teams that are struggling to stay where they are. Uh, the Oakland A's, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, take teams from there before you expand. Yeah, and that's my point. I want to see relocation. I'd love to see Montreal. I'd love to see the Expos come back. I've, it's never settled right with me that the Expos are not there. Want to see a team in Montreal. But some of the other hat. places that they mentioned, Charlotte, San Antonio, Portland, Oregon, no. these um, a lot, these are not things that jump off the page at me mm-hmm. and say, man, there's got to be a team there. Like Montreal, I get it. Mexico City. I don't know. They got northern New Jersey as as a possibility. There's already two metropolitan New York teams. Yeah, that's Yankees territory, isn't it? And and the Mets have like uh, a sliver, thirty three fans that follow <laughs> what they're doing. I don't I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't know why anyone would think of expanding, especially when you have like you said, teams like the Rays. They always jump to the forefront of my mind. They they can barely sell tickets. People don't really care there. Move them. Make the Tampa Bay Rays the Montreal Expos and be done with this. Another problem I have with it is you're going to see the same thing that you saw in the late 90s. In 98, the the Devil Rays and the Diamondbacks started, and you saw um, this jump in offense because there just wasn't enough Major League quality pitching to go around. And I think you're going to see the same problem. You're going to see a watered-down talent level, and you're going to see two teams that are terrible for six to eight years. Because the Mets have all the pitching. Yes. Not enough to go around. Exactly. But, and, you know, there's a lot of young talent right now in the game. I don't know that I've ever seen a, a time where there's been as many young players establishing themselves quickly. There's a lot of rookies mm-hmm. playing this year. So I, I, I see your point, but I wonder – in defense of that, that perhaps this could be a good time to do it. I just don't think expansion when you got teams that are struggling is the right answer. I think relocation is, although you never want to see, it's easy for me to say it's much more difficult to that loyal Oakland A's fan or that loyal Tampa Bay Rays fan. <laughs> They're going to lose their team. Love loyal if, fans. I, I understand there's not enough of them, but you kind of feel bad for those that are, that, that are there. You know, those, when Montreal lost the Expos and they went to, to Washington and became the Nationals, there wasn't enough to support the team, but those that were, were, were deeply hurt because this was a team that had been around for a while. But real quick, getting, as long as we're talking about baseball, looking at the first half of the season, um, anything jump out at you? Uh, a team that maybe surprised you for how well they're doing or perhaps how poorly they're doing? Obviously, the 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 Twins and the Astros. That's that's a given, but I, I'm surprised by the Yankees. As a Yankees fan, I was I was ready for a poor season. Now, yes, the AL East, they're all pretty close because they're all equally bad. But the fact that they're leading their division right now is really has surprised me. I did not expect this. I I probably shouldn't be, but I'm surprised by the Cardinals because. When Adam Wainwright went down so early in the year, I thought, well, they just lost Adam Wainwright. How are they going to compete now? And not only are they competing, they have the best record in baseball. So, again, I shouldn't be surprised because they always find a way to do it with guys you've never heard of, but look at the Cardinals. I think I'm going to take the negative side of that. Um, 
I'm surprised by just how awful the Philadelphia Phillies are. They're horrible. You knew they were going to struggle looking at their roster, but this is, they're terrible. They've lost 62 games. Yeah, 62 (laughs) games at the All-Star break. I mean, that's that's on pace for 124 losses. That's terrible. I told somebody the other day that as a kid I had a dream of being a major league general manager, and I gave up on it early. And then I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't have, because if Ruben Amaro can do it, then I can definitely do it, because he's awful. And I don't blame Papelbon for wanting to get out of there. Like you, you want—he's getting up there in age. He's still pretty good. He obviously wants to be on a contender. And the Phillies are so many years away from being contenders. It, it's it's hard to watch. He seems to be one of those players that um, thrives on a winning team and just seems to just doesn't. It doesn't do well on a team that's that's losing, but I don't nothing know that he, he can do about it. Though he's the closer, I don't he, know that there's anything that he he can do about it. But at least he can handle it with some dignity and class. And well, I don't he know started in Boston. Can you blame him? I don't know that he can. But yeah, that didn't sit well with me. He's at the All Star Game festivities, which is supposed to be a celebration, and he's bad mouthing the front office of his team. That that just didn't sit well. Yeah, it's it's low class. You, you know. Conduct yourself a little better. I know you're frustrated. I know you, you know, you're one of those players, as I say, that don't do well on a losing team, but, you know, act with a little bit of professionalism. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solution. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the ESPY Awards, specifically the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town and Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town and Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Me and the guys talking sports. It's not a faith program with sports. It's sports programming with faith. 1976 men's Olympic decathlon champion Bruce, Bruce Jenner, now known as TV personality Caitlyn Jenner, was awarded the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at ESPN's SB presentation Wednesday night for becoming a woman. Many have voiced opinions on 
whether or not that truly defines courage. If courage is defined as the ability to do something that frightens one, as is one definition as I looked it up on Google, then I suppose becoming a woman under the public scrutiny of a country which thrives on sensationalism as entertainment, then yes, it's it's almost certainly courageous. But does it compare with a soldier depending, uh, defending our freemen? Freedom? I'm struggling to say those words. Can it possibly compare to a fireman or a policeman? Does it compare to a professional football player and his young daughter who deals with cancer at such a young age that it's, I mean, it's heartbreaking that her only concern is not what games to play or song to sing? Or does it compare to a college basketball player living her dream and squeezing out every possible drop of life as she battles life-threatening cancer and passes even before the award is presented? Former NFL star Terrell Owens said, I think there's a time and a place for everything. Being that this is a sports event, one can argue, is this really part of what we do? Probably not. But do I think he has been very courageous in what he has done? Absolutely. Caroline Wozniacki, tennis star, said that it's great for Caitlin that she's now a woman and she's embraced that. But at the end of the day, it's a sporting event. I hope that it's going to have that focus. Is this even sports-related, Caitlin Jenner? I mean, I guess he was an Olympic champion in perhaps the premier track and field event. Todd Harriman's of the Indianapolis Colts says, I think a lot of the stuff that Caitlin has, got, has done in the past has been overshadowed by the transformation that she's made recently. I think everyone needs to remember that at one point, she was one of the greatest athletes in the world, if not the greatest athlete. I don't know how we're supposed to view this thing. Is there separation between Bruce Jenner, the male Olympic champion, and Caitlin, the female TV personality? I think I would have been more comfortable had the award gone to Lauren Hill. Remember, Hill passed away this past April 10th. She was 19 years old. She was given an ESPY award, kind of some made-up thing. It's almost a, a secondary prize. I don't want to minimize it, It was, it, but it was. It just didn't have the same impact that maybe this Arthur Ashe award did. It almost seemed like it was a consolation prize. Well, the Arthur Ashe thing went on for a half hour. Lauren Hill certainly didn't get a half hour. It was sweet to see her parents come up and, and accept the award on her behalf might remember the NCA in a classy uh, gesture moved up the scheduled basketball game two weeks so that she could fulfill her dream to play in a game with her school. LeBron James called her an inspiration for the passion with which she lived and now uh, the way she faced death. He'll help, help raise more than a million dollars for cancer research. For me, that's a more direct connection to the sports world, and for me, she would have been a more appropriate recipient of the Arthur Ashe Award. Now, you may feel differently, but the biggest difference is that Lauren Hill did not choose to have cancer. Neither did young Leah Still, for that matter. Bruce Jenner, though he may have been courageous, I'm not, I'm not really debating that. He has been courageous going through what he went through, what he's going through now, but ultimately it was his choice to go through that by becoming a woman. Some would argue that he did not choose to be a female trapped within the body of a man, to which I I don't know. Maybe that's so. Maybe it's not. Maybe he just feels feminine. 
Maybe there are mental issues. I, I don't know, and really neither do anybody listening to me right now. Perhaps Bruce, Caitlin, doesn't even know what's going on in her own mind. I cannot, nor can you, tell me that it's a woman trapped inside a man's body. End of the day, born a male means to me that it's a male inside a male's body, regardless of how you choose uh, to identify yourself. End of the day, Bruce chose to become a woman to become Caitlin. Lauren Hill, Leah Still, had no choice in getting cancer. Many people feeling pressure who may actually feel forced to make some sort of politically correct stance or who may just have a desire to say something which shows the world how accepting, how tolerant, how politically correct they have have shown their support for Jenner. I'm struggling with this idea of transgender, personally. I heard an individual labeling any individual who disagreed with Bruce choice, uh, Bruce's choice to become a woman as, as people who were spewing hate. I said, I'm not spewing hate. I'm just not sure I agree. They're different. I can say I'm struggling, pinpointing or putting into words what it is that bothers me, though, about this choice to be transgender. I'm not disputing their right as an American to do so. I'm not mocking. I'm not ridiculing or declaring my disdain for those individuals. I'm not even saying that those people make me uncomfortable. What I'm saying is that there's something about this, that decision to change your gender that troubles my spirit. I believe God has gifted me with, it, with, with the gift of discernment. I'm not saying I'm always right. I'm not saying I'm always accurate. Sometime I overanalyze. My own rationale gets in the way of trusting God's Holy Spirit. And I talk my right, myself right out of doing something. God has put on my heart to do. Perhaps many others can relate to that. You have a thought to share your faith in Christ, but decline to do so for one reason or another. Maybe they look busy. They don't want to be bothered, whatever it is. But something about this Bruce becoming Caitlin thing does bother my spirit. Genesis one twenty seven says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of man, God created him. Male and female created he them. God says it again in Genesis 5, 2, man was created, male and female. Now, before I reason out in my own mind some conclusion on the matter, which makes sense to me, makes me feel comfortable, I need to know what God says. If my conclusion doesn't line up with what God says, and I'm wrong, not God, and I need to accept that and deal with it, and I'm seeing God say he created a male and female. But is that enough for me to say it's wrong? It's transgender wrong? Jesus says the same thing in the New Testament. Matthew 19.4, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? He repeated it in Mark 10.6. For me personally, that's enough. We are created as both the scriptures and Jesus said, male and female from the very beginning. I do not, I don't think these categories are arbitrary or self-willed. You're either male or female. Our bodies, our genders, represent something with which God designed us to be. I think there are reasons why societies have different bathrooms for boys and girls. I think uh, when gender identity is removed from what sex we're born with, where does, where does that self-designation end? 
I understand that even that argument does break down, though, because there's people born with both parts. What about them? If you're saying God made a male or female, I, I know you go far enough, it breaks down. I actually saw an article as I'm researching this that quoted a medical source saying that it occurs in as many as one in a hundred births. Seems remarkably high to me, but what do I know? I know I don't want to be roped in with a bunch of Christians who struggle to show love beyond their own comfort zone or their own definition on who or what is lovable. While I would have preferred that the award been given to another, I can't say that Caitlyn Jenner did not say some good things. She did. She said some very good things. Her appearance was very much a public service statement, public service announcement. If anyone saw the, if anyone saw the appearance and says it wasn't ratings driven, though they're disillusioned. This was definitely about ratings. ESPN, to me, a little bit shamefully using Caitlyn Jenner for the ratings, but they're a TV station, I guess, and ratings are what it's about. That's how they define their success. And even while ESPN was using Jenner to get ratings, Jenner was indeed getting some of, something out of the deal, and that was the platform to be able to communicate the things which were important to her to make her PSA. There are some reports that I've seen now since that said Jenner's PR team asked ESPN to give him the Courage Award in exchange for mentions on that reality show. One of the things Jenner said that the transition has been harder on me than anything I can imagine, and I, I imagine so, don't you? I can't think of anything that would be harder. I mean, can you imagine going on nationwide TV with this thing in front of millions of eyes worldwide? You go from man's man Olympic champion everybody remembers and become a woman in front of everybody? I can't fathom how hard that must be. The ridicule, the laughter, the hatred. Come on, man. That's got to be tough. I, I do think there's some courage in that. Jenner also vowed to do whatever I can to reshape the landscape of how transgender people are viewed and treated. And that's a good thing. I mean, how can you argue with that? Outside their own inner circles and the public PC community, they're not viewed or treated very well. Not fairly. This is why so many don't ever come forward, or worse, take their own life to just avoid that struggle. Jenner said, if you want to call me names, make jokes about my intentions, go ahead, because the reality is I can take it. But for thousands of kids out there coming to terms with the reality of who they are, they shouldn't have to take it. This is the key point she was making. She she does obviously have the courage to take it. She can take it. She's fairly tough. But to those who can't take it, all those kids that are struggling with it, who are not comfortable with who they are, no matter their struggle, and, and maybe it's not transgender. Maybe they feel ugly. They feel fat. They feel misunderstood or for whatever reason. They need to know that they don't need to be isolated. And if she's making the, using ESPN's ESPY awards to make that public service statement to this particular group, I guess I can't say that's a horrible thing. I mean, for crying out loud, don't you think that the, these people ought to feel love and acceptance from, from the church? Absolutely. But I, I think that's the last place they're going to feel that. From the, from the people who say they love Jesus? Jenner said, learn as much as you can about another person and to, to understand them as well as you can. Making the effort to understand someone who is outside your definition of lovable may be the key to keeping them from 
giving up on that struggle and taking their own life. Somebody understands me. Somebody relates to me. And most importantly, it may be the key to connecting with them on a level which allows them to consider what you say when you tell them about God's love for them. The ability to accept and to connect with people for the simple purpose of sharing God's love is key. But so often we're, we're trapped and we can only, we'll only do that with people that are within the confines of what we consider lovable. And if they're outside that, then we want nothing to do and maybe they never hear of God's love. As Christians, it's not a fair representation of Christ-likeness to view transgendered persons as freaks or individuals to be despised or ridiculed. That's not the love of God. I wish I, I wish I could find I wish I could find a verse that says thou shall not be transgender. And I, I can't find it. And so what makes my struggle all the harder. It does trouble my spirit. I, I, I'm, I have no problem resting on God made them male and female. That's, that's what I think. Now when I try to save you, you, you're buying into that. You guys buy into that because you have the same faith that I have. If I share that someone outside the faith, they don't easily accept that, that argument. As I've struggled, I'm struggling what to think with this whole thing. It does trouble my spirit. Like I say, I'm content to, to, to rest on the fact that God created male and female, even though I know that invites deeper discussion, uh, discussion. But regardless of your opinion on whether transgender is right or wrong, the decision to change gender is not anyone's biggest problem. That's not anybody's biggest problem. Caitlin's biggest problem is the same as my biggest problem. It's the same as your biggest problem. It's the same as every last person who has a platform to share their opinion. Whether you're coming out and saying horrible things about the person or you're coming out in full support, that decision to be a gender other than what you were born is not your biggest concern. Our biggest problem is that each of us, whether we want to admit it or not, are sinners. We're sinners that our sin separates us from a holy and righteous God. That's our biggest problem. How do what? How do we deal with our sin? We can't get to heaven because our sin separates us from God. We can't enjoy an eternity with him because our sin separates us from God. That's our biggest problem. And the answer is in Jesus Christ. The answer is in Jesus Christ, the cross at Calvary. Jesus came came to earth, lived a perfect life, and gave himself willingly. God's love for us, God's love for all these people that feel they're not accepted for one reason or other, God's love is so strong that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. He, Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood as a sacrifice. So when God sees the cross, he sees the payment of our sins and all that we need to do is call on him and say, please forgive me of my sins. Repent from them. Turn away. Turn around from your sins. That's the biggest problem. All this debate that goes on about Caitlyn Jenner, we're getting, we're getting fired up about something that has so little to do, has, 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 affects so few people, and yet it catches nat national attention. How about the thousands of aborted babies 
every single day. Why isn't that getting the attention that Caitlyn Jenner gets? That's a bigger issue. But the biggest issue we all face is what to do about our sin. Jesus Christ is the answer for that. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The 2015 National Beep Baseball Association World Series is being played in Rochester, New York, Sunday, July 26th through Saturday, August 1st, the Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton. There are teams, this is a big deal. Beep Baseball is baseball for blind people. You know, don't think this isn't a real deal. Teams come from all over the world. There's two Taiwanese teams. There's a Canadian team all over the United States, Atlanta, New Jersey, Boston, Chicago. If there's a team from Boston, I can heckle. I'm there. I don't know if heckling is really what they're looking for. You want to heckle blind but it people. Is, this is going to be a big deal. I want to invite people to come on down to the Grace and True Sports Park. Game times are 9 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 2.30 p.m. In fact, if you want to volunteer to help out, um, you can go to their website, nbba.org, and we want to invite you to come on out. Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton, July 26th through August 1st, and it is a big deal. This isn't easy, No, what they're doing. They had a promotional night at Frontier Field. Darren, you tried it. It was incredibly hard. I made a fool of myself. Uh, what these guys can do without being able to see is absolutely incredible. You should come check it out. The 2015 Beat Baseball World Series, right here in Rochester, New York. Come on out and show your support. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Benson and those guys. Sponsored by Town and Country Pest Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. You can also visit our website, btgprogram.com. Just looking over the sports headlines and at some point, when will athletes realize, man, avoid the alcohol? I'm not trying to be a prude and I'm not trying, nor am I trying to endorse what you're doing by saying, at least have the brains to drink at home. I got two things here. Now, Jimbo Fisher at, at Florida State University is getting to the point. Now, Florida's, Florida State's getting a reputation with DeAndre Johnson and now Dalvin Cook, uh, punching people, getting in fights, alcohol. So Jimbo Fisher's reached the point where reports are he's told his players bars are off limit. I think no. it's a good move. I think it's overdue. I, you know, I do too. I'm surprised by some of the kickback that I've heard. A couple of articles are sort of tongue-in-cheek taking shots at Jimbo Fisher, like what is that going to do? I think one said, don't blame your car for running out of gas when you're the one responsible for filling the tank. You know, that's that's silly. You're certainly not going to get hurt by avoiding the bar. You know, and I've always said, if you got a problem with something, Maybe if you if you got a problem with alcohol, av- avoid situations where alcohol is going to be served. If you have a problem with being faithful to your wife, 
avoid situations where you're going to be alone with a woman. If you're going to, if you got a problem where you can't stop punching women in the face, don't go to bars where they're going to be women. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science. Now, this story with Ryan O'Reilly of the, of the Buffalo Sabres, we talked earlier about Aaron Cromer. He hasn't even been on the field for a game with Buffalo. Ryan O'Reilly's not taking the ice for the Sabres yet. And already. But he has signed a seven-year, multi-million-dollar deal. And then got drunk, drove his car into a Tim Hortons. Now, I'm not saying into the parking lot, and I'm not saying through the drive-thru. My man drove into a Tim Hortons and then left the scene, ran away with a buddy. Is that not the most Canadian thing ever? Hockey player drunk drives into Tim Hortons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's been said, but I laughed so hard when I saw that. But but what are you doing? You know, at first of all, the the thing that jumped out of me, I think they said the incident happened around four in the morning. At four in the morning, this dude's been drinking a long time. He, first of all, that's a lot of drinking. Second of all, no way should you be driving. And he's got a buddy who should be telling him don't be driving. And they're driving. I like to go to bed early, and I and I have a saying: nothing good happens after eleven o'clock at night. And I know I'm being silly, but there is some truth in that. At four in the morning, you don't need to be out drinking, driving your car into Tim Hortons. Nothing good comes. You know what amazes me with alcohol? It's it's more and more accepted, even among believers, young. Um, Christian hipsters are really into into alcohol, and I guess um, I have a hard time. We we would all at any any of these people would tell you, yes, drunkenness is a sin. Uh, avoid drunkenness, but they'll say, I can have a glass of wine, I can have a beer, and that might be a personal conviction. I, I can't. There's no verse that says don't ever drink, but when you do Bible study and you look, you don't see alcohol painted in a good light. It's not very often. So if if it's three people, if I got three people and they all said, well, I, I, I never get drunk, but, you know, I'll have a glass of wine. Okay, maybe those three people are able to stop. But when you take those numbers and what I'm seeing with Christian young people is that more and more of them are acceptance of drinking I have a hard time thinking if you take that number of three, okay, you extend that out to 300. I can't, I have a hard time thinking that all 300 are able to stop. You know, one turns into two, turns into three, and before you know it, your judgment is impaired. You may not be drunk, but your judgment is impaired. You are starting to lose some of the control, and I think that's sinful, and I think people got to be real careful. I don't want to be... Like I said, I don't want to be approved. I don't want to endorse it. I don't want to make decisions for people. But when you're a professional athlete or you're a college athlete, you are throwing away career, reputation. Um, Possibly an innocent person's life. More importantly, that's that's the tragedy or, in this case, non-potential tragedy in the Ryan O'Reilly situation. At least nobody got hurt yeah and i the thing that jumped out at me about the fsu thing like all right you're not allowing your players to go to bars that's probably a good thing delvin cook 19 years old 
he really doesn't have any business being at the bar in the first place. Am I right? I, I would agree. I'm surprised some of these college programs don't have more supervisory roles from their – if I'm a college, if I'm a parent, um, I would want that college to have. This is a kid's first time away from home, away from the supervision of mom and dad. I would want the college to have a role in protecting my child, especially uh, – well, maybe I shouldn't say especially, but he, but in these cases of athletes where – uh, they're told they're special. They're they're given all these freedoms, and um, you know sometimes with athletes and debated or not, the rules don't always apply. I I think they need a little help, and certainly NFL teams, uh, professional sports teams, protect their rookies in such a way. I'm very surprised colleges don't do the same thing. And frankly, I am as well because I mean the the, the uh, Thrasher, the uh, the president at FSU. He said, well, you know, a few students make mistakes that damage the reputation of the whole school. Well, yeah, so why don't you have somebody in place, some program in place to make sure that it doesn't? Why are you going to trust these 19-year-olds to go out to bars and not make stupid mistakes? As we said at the top of the segment, if you're aware of the potential problem, keep yourself out of those damaging situations. Absolutely. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. With the MLB All-Star Game and ESPYs in the books, it's a good time to get caught up on what's been happening in sports. The Lakers targeted LaMarcus Aldridge, Jimmy Butler, and DeMarcus Cousins. They got Lou Williams, Brandon Bass, and Roy Hibbert. Hashtag nailed it. DeAndre Jordan resigned with the Clippers, which caused Vegas to update their season prediction from Clippers losing in the first round to Clippers losing in the second round. Sixers center Joel Embiid will miss the upcoming season with another foot surgery, leaving the team with only 11 centers. Carly Lloyd just scored on Japan against Prince Fielder hit 13 home runs in four and a half minutes at the Derby, which is also the amount of hot dogs he usually eats in that time frame. And Todd Frazier has been scheduled for a random drug test. We are roughly two months away from hearing it's first down and the Browns will punt. Geno Smith sets a personal record by completing 25 passes, three of them to Jets players. And the Jaguars bury the 57-yard field goal as time expires. Final score, Panthers 31, Jaguars 3. And last but not least, according to Forbes, it will take Carl Anthony Towns only four seasons to earn as much money in Minnesota as he did in Kentucky. My pest of the week this week is Barry Bonds for that creepy picture he posted to Instagram with him and the sleeping Willie Mays. Willie in his robe looking very death-like. Barry Bonds is my pest of the week. My pest of the week is Ty Lawson of the Denver Nuggets. We were just talking about athletes making bad decisions with alcohol. He got his second DUI of the year already, and we're only in July. Ty Lawson, my pest of the week. My pest of the week is Amazon Prime Day. It was a waste of time and so overrated the Knicks signed it to a max contract. Thanks for listening. This has been Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.